your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Tuesday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, right below prices. All the parts your car will ever need. You can visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And again, thank you all so much for making the Locked On Penguins podcast your first listen of the day. So joining me now, um, after he signed his mega deal today, uh, Danny Shirey of DK Pittsburgh Sports. Now I can formally say that um, that is not in the bag anymore. He has not been on the podcast, and I want to say about a year. Um, I probably should have brought him on four to five times before this, but you know I'm glad that we can have him on uh, again. Danny, how are we doing today? And again, congratulations, man! I'm, I'm so stoked for you, and I'm sure everyone on Penguins Twitter is as well. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate uh, the invite. I'm happy to join you anytime, and uh, I'm glad the the cat's out of the bag with uh, me joining DK. We we kind of hammered that out at the end of last week, and I've just been dying to tell everybody. So, um, but I've I've been floored with the uh, you know the comments and everybody reaching out and congratulating me. It's it's just been fantastic and really reinforced how great of a community we have here. We really do, man. I said this I think a few days ago on the podcast. I think. I think, you know, the content creators in Pittsburgh, I think it's probably among the best in the United States, especially when it comes to hockey content or just, you know, sports content overall. You know, there's so many podcasts and writers out there that do such great work. Obviously, you know, you're included. So I'm really happy to see you um, be with DK and write that article um, once week. And of course, go on to the podcast that I saw in the announcement as well. Um, but of course, you know, let's get into some Penguins talk. I'm going to get right into this here, Danny. I saw this tweet last week. You know, you said that Yusu Rikla would be higher on your depth chart than by the one Pierre-Olivier Joseph, who um, played really well, I thought, last season. I don't think probably should not have been on Chris Letang's pair. You know, obviously, I think that was only because of the injuries with Brian Dumoulin and a couple others. But you are you have always been someone that thinks that Yusu Rikla has not been given his due you know I personally feel that way a little bit though I think he kind of is what he is at this point why do you think Ricola should be given a better chance right now than someone like POJ well first and foremost if if you followed me on Twitter for any length of time I'm sure you've seen me clamoring about Ricola um, but you know the the reality is that when I'm hyping this guy up, it's it's not that I think he's a, a legit number two guy or a guy that's going to slot in on the top pair from time to time. But the reality is, is that he costs a million, uh, 1.1 million against the salary cap. And he had some of the league's best defensive metrics across the NHL a couple of years ago. And that's not to sit here and even say that he's one of the best defensemen in the league. But when you've got a guy that can provide that sort of value at that cap hit, it, and this all just goes back to trading for Matheson two off seasons ago as well. Like that, that was a deal that never needed to happen because they had Ricola. Um, but getting back to your question about why I have him higher than POJ, 
Um, even though, you know, Regal is 27 now and, and getting into his late 20s and doesn't, still doesn't have a ton of NHL experience because he's been riding the pine for, you know, half the season, three quarters of the season, or even, you know, missing the entire season last year, except for those couple of games. Um, but, you know, he, he's been steady in that time and there's no reason to believe that he's going to be a guy that's going to sink you. Um, and as, as far as POJ goes, I still think that he's going to be an NHL player. I, I don't know that his ceiling is as high as a, as a lot of people think that it is. I think he's, he can be a solid third pairing guy, maybe a guy that can step up and play in pairing minutes. Um, but from what I've seen this camp and this preseason, you know, I, I saw Joseph as a guy that was trying to do too much. It, it looked like he knew that he had an opportunity there. It felt like he knows now is the time where something needs to happen. And when I've seen him this preseason, it, it, it shows he seemed a lot less poised than he was with the puck last season. One of the things that stood out the most to me was that he was very calm under pressure and he was the best when the puck was on his stick. And I don't know that the same can be said for what I've seen of him this preseason. Now that's granted, that's a very, very small sample. And I'm obviously not going to write anything home about that, but from everything I've seen between Ricola and Joseph, I've definitely got Ricola higher right now. Well, you know, it is also funny you should say that they just released the lineup, and guess who is paired with one another tonight? It is actually POJ and Yusa Ricola. Ricola will be on his offside, and POJ will be on his regular side. Um, I, I think maybe POJ is feeling the nerves, I guess, a little bit just because, you know, he feels like his time is now. Um, it does suck, I think, for both players that Matheson is still there, right? I mean, I'm not going to clamor for Pedersen to be traded because, you know, I'm not going to be lumped in with those Yinzers that think he should just he's not physical enough or doesn't win these 1v1 battles or whatever. Puts up great underlying numbers year in and year out. Um, but I really think, you know, Matheson being there just screws over both of them. And, um, and for whatever reason... You know, I don't know why Ricola is in Mike Sullivan's doghouse. He just refuses to play him. I think last season he was playing him a little bit. Then he got hurt, if I recall correctly. Then he was out for a little bit, and then it just Mike Matheson just ran away with that number five spot. And that's when he started, I think, to play a lot better than what he showed in the early part. I think if Ricola had stayed healthy, I think he could have ran away with that spot because Matheson was really struggling um, up until that point. Um, I've always found him to be a smooth skater. I think, you know, you just by watching him, you don't even have to look at the underlying numbers to see that his skating's crisp. Um, he's good with his own entries in the offensive zone. He's good at defending his own zone. Um, but I'm curious to see how both of these guys work together tonight. You know, who is going to be, you know, just having the puck more, you know, I can just honestly give you the lineup. Dumo in the tang, Pedersen, Friedman, Joseph Rikula as the defense. We'll get into the forwards um, in a little bit. But I'm just curious to see who, I guess, you know, who has the puck more on that pairing. I think it would probably be POJ, but I wouldn't rule out Rikula as well. And I, I hope he gets in some games this year. I hope, honest, well, I shouldn't hope that we see, you know, obviously a ton of injuries because this team is they can have as many injuries as any sports team in the world, honestly. It's just ridiculous what they go through. But um, I guess to bring this whole long-winded statement um, to, to a clear view, um, what are you expecting from that pairing tonight? Well, I, I'm definitely going to be interested to see who's you know taking the brunt of, of the breakout. And 
you know, both of those guys, like I said, are guys that thrive when the puck's on their stick. Mm-hmm. And that's going to, now that Rico is going to be playing the right side, even though that's something that he's done before, it, it throws another dynamic and another element into getting the puck out of the zone and, and having your stick up the middle of the ice rather than up the boards. So I'll be interested to see probably I know I already said that Rickle is higher on my depth chart, but I'll be more interested to see how he handles playing on the right side because I don't see POJ playing on the right side right now. And we obviously know that really the only opening on that defense core right now is that third pairing right D spot. So Chad Ru- Chad Ruedel is a perfectly fine option there as well. But, you know, if, if Rickle can thrive on that right side as well, I would certainly we'd be willing to try it out. Yeah, I was going to get your thoughts on that. Um, as well with that number six spot. I saw uh, Friedman, who is also a candidate for that. He'll be playing with Marcus Pedersen tonight. So I'll have to see how that pairing goes. Do you have a preference as to who wins that number six spot? I mean, for me personally, I've been advocating. I wrote about this for Full Press Hockey. I've been advocating for Chad Weedle to get it just because I think he's steady in the defensive zone. You know, you don't need a defensive corpse with every player that's offensively minded, right? You can have players on your D corps that are defensive first. And I think Ruedel fits that bill to a T. And I think he should be the one that wins it just because, you know, you go to hockey viz with Micah Bla- uh, Blake McCurdy stuff. He has the better numbers than Friedman. And the only reason Friedman had, you know, some good stats offensively is just because it was such a small sample. I think if that was a full 82 game season, it would be below what Ruedel had for last season. So who do you think at this point should win that number six spot? Yeah, I mean, right now, just because we already know that the Penguins aren't huge fans of, or maybe it's just Mike Sullivan, that they're not huge fans of having defensemen play on their offhand or on their offside. Um, so I, I've got Ruedel there as my number six right now. Um, you know, last year watching Friedman, I think he's a guy that probably has a little bit more to give offensively than a guy like Ruedel does. But I also know that he's probably not going to put up anywhere near the defensive impacts that Rue Weedle is. And, you know, out of a third pairing, I don't know that you need to, to be worried about sacrificing defense to, to get your third pairing D-man creating a little bit more offense than the next guy. So it, it's still up in the air for me as far as what kind of player Friedman really is. I don't think there's a large enough sample on him, either with the Penguins or even over his career, to definitively say that he is this player or he's that player. Um, but that's why I've got Rue Weedle at that six spot right now. Yeah, I think, if my opinion at least, Friedman is the management's guy just because they got him, and then Rue Weedle is Sullivan's guy just because he's had him for longer. So I think at the end of the day, that's going to pay off for Ruido, I think he'll win that spot. Um, and it's nice to see the pairings are going to be, you know, you know what you're going to get from each player. Dumoulin is going to be the defensive guy on the Tangs pairing just because he can clean up his mess a little bit when he does screw up. Patterson can be the guy defensively when Marino is coming up the ice with the puck. And then Matheson will be your total chaos player on the third pair who he'll do good offensively, but, you know, asking him to defend his own blue line will be... Um, I guess a chore to say the least. And then, you know, Ruiz will be able to come back for him. So, you know, I think what you're going to get from the defense this year. And I think if you compare it to last year, I don't really see too much difference, Danny. I mean, it's pretty, obviously, you know, five of the same, five of the same guys are back. But even when you substitute Ruiz for CC, there's really not much of a difference. So I think the defensive corps will be just as good this season 
um, as last season or potentially even better um, if CC starts to stink it up in Edmonton with you know that contract and playing top four minutes. Well, yeah, Andy's going to be partnered with Duncan Keith, so that could be uh, <laughs> quite the whirlwind. And we already know that Edmonton's a tire fire defensively as it is, so they're, they're going to be involved in some pretty high-scoring games. Um, w- without giving too much away, because I do, I do have an article, my debut article for DK coming out on Thursday that's going to be touching on um, the defense pairing, so I don't want to give too much away. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I'll just leave it at that. All right, well, there's your tease about what to expect with the Indy Sports <laughs> article for uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports. You can check that out on Thursday. Still have a lot more to get to um, in this episode of Locked on Penguins. We're going to get his thoughts on uh, the lineup tonight, forwards-wise at least, and just you know who he's looking forward to seeing. And um, also see if you know one of these guys can make a harder push for the opening night roster. Before we do get to that, though, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. That's DirecTV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. I also want to tell you all about Get Upside. Uh, people are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. You can just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code Hockey for NHL and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back. Get cash back, excuse me, using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code Hockey to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Remember, that is hockey for NHL, and you get 50 cents gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash pack gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Remember, that is code hockey for NHL with GetUpside. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, LO underscore Penguins. So, Danny, I'm going to give you the forward line combinations here. Danton Heinen will be on the first line with Jeff Carter and Brian Rust. Can't wait to watch that. I am very high on Danton Heinen this year. I'm going to get your thoughts on that, actually, in just a second. Jason Zucker will be with Redeem Zahorn and Kasperi Kapanen. Brock McGinn will be with Teddy Bluger and Casper Borquist. And then Philip Hollander will be making his preseason debut with Jerome Connor and Anthony Angelo. So of those players, um, or the young players, excuse me, who are you most looking forward to watching tonight to see if they can continue their push of making the 23-man roster? Well, I think the obvious answer is is Philip Hollander because we we haven't seen anything of him yet, and he was the the pretty much the only asset that came back for Jared McCann. So, you know, I, I've seen a lot of of comparables to Patrick Hornquist with Hollander from from my sources and, and the light scouting that I've done on him. I don't know that you know that's that's all that great of a comparable, other than the fact that he's not afraid to go to the front of the net. Um, but I'm really interested to keep an eye on him because I'm I'm not sure what to expect and, and we haven't seen him playing against NHL players yet. So um, he'll be interesting to keep an eye on. And I'm also interested to keep watching Drew O'Connor. Uh, and I know we've talked a little bit about him on Twitter and I was not impressed with him at all last season, Same but it's, it's pretty 
it's pretty evident that he made some pretty big strides with his skating. And I think that was the biggest knock on him last year. I, I don't think he's overly crafty or, or dynamic with the puck, but he does have, you know, good enough puck skills where if the skating catches up that he could be, you know, a decent third line player if it ever comes to that. Yeah, that was the one thing I've been talking about with Drew O'Connor on my last few episodes of this podcast. He was really slow last season, I thought. Just wasn't skating hard enough. He he wouldn't win a lot of these loose puck battles, and it was just really hurting his game, I think. And then Mike Sullivan would just put him in the doghouse on the bench, and he would get, what, four or five minutes of ice time or something like that? But it seems like just by watching those games that he's played in, um, he looks twice as fast as he did last season, I think. Um, his playmaking ability, from what I've seen, has uh, gone up a bit as well. So I think he's definitely making Mike Sullivan think about putting him on the 23-man roster. My only um, quabble with that is I don't want him on the roster if he's not going to play on an every-night basis. I think that kind of hurts his development. I honestly say that you know, for you know Nathan Laguerre, if he was making the team, Sam Poulin, or even Philip Hollander, I wouldn't want them to like burn a full ELC, uh, first year of his ELC if they're just not going to play him and he's going to be the 14th forward. So um, in some capacity, he's going to have to play this season, at least in my opinion. But um, I am excited to see him, Hollander, I agree as well. Um, there's one player on here that you know we haven't mentioned yet, Casper Borquist. I don't know you know too much about him other than that he was their second round pick in 2016. Um, but I was surprised though that he was not included in the last round of cuts that got the roster down to 35, I think they just want to see more from him in at least one game before they make a tough decision on him. But I think this goes to show that um, they're thinking about potentially um, having him on the team in some capacity this season, whether that's you know one of the first two call-ups from Wilkes-Barre or even somehow he makes the team. Yeah, like you, I, I don't know a ton about Yorkwist, um, but it, it was surprising to me as well that, you know, he, he's still hanging around with the big club right now. The the way it's, it's going to shake out, though, unless they just get hammered with more injuries, while Crosby and Malkin are out, I'm not exactly sure how how big of a role he's going to have with this team or if he's even going to be, you know, considered for the lineup because we've got those guys like Drew O'Connor and Brian Boyle and Zahorna that are going to be filling out those bottom six spots. So unless the plague comes over the Penguins, I don't necessarily see him getting into too many games this year. Hey, don't underestimate some sort of plague on the Penguins. There was an injury plague last year when five of their top nine forwards were out. So if that happens again, uh, we all know who the culprit is. Um, With that, there's also – I did okay, we'll just get into Danton Heinen now – I'm kind of tired of reading about the Mark Jankowski comparisons to him. I don't see that at all in his game. I've seen people call him a bum, a bum on Penguins Twitter. I've seen him people say that you know he's just going to be healthy scratch after the first 20 games. Um, I actually have a bet going with one of my friends where he's going to get me free cockeye barbecue if Danton Heinen scores 10 or more goals this year. So um, I hopefully can have free money with that. Um, but what I see in him... You know, when he was with Boston, he obviously had those top six minutes, right? He was playing, I think, with David Krejcik most of the time. He was obviously not going to be on the perfection line. Um, but um, his playmaking ability was really good while he was there. His goal-scoring ability was much better than was with Anna- Anaheim. And I think that's what people are really losing sight of with him, Danny, is that he played on some really bad Ducks teams the last couple of years. The fact that he scored seven goals last season with the Ducks... It's nothing short of a miracle, at least in my opinion, because he was playing 
his most minutes with Adam Henrique and Jake Jakob Silverberg, who are not nearly as good as they used to be. Um, and he had three points in that last preseason game against the Red Wings, two apples, one goal. Um, and, and if he can play like that in the regular season, he's going to score quite a few points and be one of the most savvy um, signings of the offseason, I think. I, I One of my bold predictions is that he's going to score 45 points this season for this team. Yeah, I mean, the as soon as they signed him, my my bold prediction for the offseason was that Heinen's going to outproduce Brock McGinn this year. And and before going in down an entirely separate rabbit hole, I haven't been all that impressed with Brock McGinn from what I've seen in the preseason. Uh, I I'm not hating on the signing or anything like that, but I would not be surprised at all if Heinen ends up having much more of an offensive impact than McGinn does. Um, but the thing with Heinen is that. I, you know, a lot of these people that are comparing him to Mark Jankowski, first of all, they don't even play the same position. So I'm, I'm not sure how you can make that comparison anyway. Um, but aside from that, Heinen does a lot of the little things that lead to extended possessions or creating chances, whether it be, you know, right as it's happening or maybe it happened 10, 15 seconds ago before the play even happened. So he does a lot of those little things that, you know, aren't going to show up on stat sheets or, um, you know, we can argue that, that they do or don't show up in the analytics. But regardless, what I see in Heinen is a guy that doesn't necessarily have blazing speed or even great skating ability, but he thinks the game at a much higher level than a lot of the guys he's on the ice with. And you can see it in the way he handles the puck, especially when he's got the puck in tight spaces. Uh, just like the goal we saw him yep. score in that preseason game against Detroit, the puck bounced right in between his feet and he was able to drop his left shoulder. And, and obviously it was a crappy goal, but we'll take those all the same. So, you know, I, I see him as a guy that if, if he can put it all together and it certainly seems like he has it all there, that this is going to be a guy that is going to provide a tremendous amount of value to the Penguins, especially at the captain that they have him for. And I'm curious to see as well with him, you know, is he going to get top six minutes when the team eventually gets fully healthy? You know, I think one of my um, buddies from Penguins Twitter, you know, he potentially sees him on Sid's line. I don't really know about that yet. I mean, I want to see how he does kind of like in a limited role, maybe a third line role to start the season. But if he, you know, lights up the score sheet, you know, with seven goals in the team's first 12 games or something, I think he'll be elevated up to the top six. So I am really excited to see that. You know, that that bold prediction with regards to McGinn, I don't really think um, it's that bold just because I think they're going to put McGinn in that Tanev spot uh, with Aston Mason Bluger. I think it makes too much sense. Um, I do think McGinn is going to be an upgrade over Tanev. I say that just because he was better offensively last season than Tanev was. And I think defensively, it's kind of a wash. I read Jesse Marshall's article, I think, earlier in the offseason where he looked down at both of their defensive stats. And it's it's a wash. You know, better contract. But I think that's really all you're going to get. You'll get, you know, that clutch goal from McGinn at times. But most of his value, I think, will come on the defensive side of the ring. So um, I would not be surprised at all if Heinen outscores him by a wide margin. Um Kicking it a little further, Redeem Zohornadin. You know, that's a player that I think a lot of people are intrigued by. So this year, two-way deal for him, one-way deal for him next year. Um, is He's been in practicing with all the prospects and the AHL guys in training camp lately. Was was originally with the Team 1, which is, you know, varsity versus junior varsity. Um, do, how much more do you want to see of this player this season? Just because the sample size was so small last year and he played well in that. And 
like just do you think he should make the team out of camp with the injuries? I, I certainly think he should, and and I'm going to go as far as to say that he's probably a more impactful player than Brian Boyle is at this point of his career right now. Um, so, you know, obviously Boyle can't skate anymore. That's been pretty evident from from the preseason games. Skated even though is they've, what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't even stop when he's out there. He's just gliding around. The, the agility is completely gone, and obviously he doesn't have any speed. And he, he is able to mitigate some of that just because his leg are so long um but i i, I want to see more from zohorna he like heinen thinks the game at a, at a higher level um you know obviously he scored that one goal uh in new york against the rangers last year where he he immediately jumped off the bench and instead of just beelining the far blue line he actually wheeled back into the defensive zone as the penguins were regrouping and marcus Pedersen hit him with a, a pass in the neutral zone in stride and zahorna just powered down the wing to the front of the net and buried it so we've seen those kinds of plays that can make him stand out. And obviously he's got that size where he can use it flying down the wing to his advantage. Um, but it, I think it might've even been his, his first career NHL goal. Uh, he, he just kind of hopped up into the, into the low slot in that little soft spot uh, and, and got in between the D and, and caught a pass and one time into the back of the net. So I think he's definitely got a little bit more to offer offensively than a guy like Boyle does. Um, I'm not exactly sure how his defensive game will shake out. I don't think we have enough of a sample on that to say one way or the other. Um, but I, I definitely am more intrigued by him than Brian Boyle right now. Yeah, you, you can definitely tell that Brian Boyle took all of last season off because, I mean, his skating, you know, you, you said it best. It was just, he doesn't even stop when he skates. He doesn't really bring much offensively to the table anymore. And I think defensively, um, he shot there as well. I think at most you see him play four games until Sid comes back and then he's probably out of the lineup or even put on waivers or something like that. I just, I don't see him being on the team uh, for the full 82 game season. I just, I really can't. Um, that, that's the Horner first goal. I, I, I do remember that like it was yesterday. I'm pretty sure it was that power move right past, um, he put it past Shesterkin um, to give the Penguins, it was either a one nothing or a 2 nothing lead in the second uh, half of the back-to-back. Um, he has such a long reach with that stick, that's, I think, going to drive a lot of defensemen really crazy when they go up against him. So I'm excited to watch him as well tonight. Um, we still also have more to get to for our last segment of the show, including you know just how Danny sees the season going for the Penguins, probably some more predictions, and of course we do have to touch on the goaltending because uh, when do we not touch on goaltending on the Locked On Penguins podcast? I feel like it's an everyday occurrence here. Um, but before we do get to that, BetOnline is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. They are the number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface. There's even more odds, props, and contests. They continue to be the number one source for everything football. You can head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. The BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And we can't forget about rockauto.com. Why should you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts on a chain store car dealership? They're a family business serving do it yourself for over 20 years. The prices on the website are relay below for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, mortar oil, and even new carpet. 
Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And you can write locked on in their How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, library road prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show, swear at LO underscore penguins. Excuse me, I don't know why I just stuttered through that. It's probably the first time I've ever done that on this show. So, um, now, getting to some bold predictions, Danny. Um, I think we share the same one with Jason Zucker. I think I had that uh, probably only a few days before you, but you know, who's no one's splitting hairs over here. Or anything like that. I personally have Jason Zucker scoring 25 goals this season, or potentially up to 30. Um, I'm pretty sure you have the same. Are there any other bold predictions that you have um, outside of Danton Heinen, or even that one uh, with Jason Zucker? If if I have to go for another bold prediction here, my bold prediction is that Casey DeSmith will be the starter come playoff time. That, that okay, I, I could see that. You know, just by watching the preseason, he just looks much more calm and crisp in that. The saves don't look as hard for him, and his movement um, is much improved as well. I mean, he one hundred percent would have started Game Six last year against the Islanders. That's just a that's a given at this point. Um, and I guess that can segue a little bit into the goaltending t- debate as well. Did you agree? with what Ron Hextall and Brian Burke did this offseason with bringing both of them back and changing just the goalie coach? Or would you have preferred them to go out and sign a free agent or make a trade? Well, I think obviously that we all would have hoped that they would have gone out and and got maybe a a guy with a little more pedigree. But at the same time, we know that goaltending is extremely volatile and and you never really know what you're going to get. Some guys you know are better more often than not. And some guys like Jari, for instance, you know are worse more often than not. So it, it really just depends. But it's also sit hard for me to sit here and say that I disagree with the way they handled it because we also don't know what their options were. We saw trades going down and, and we saw signings as well, but we don't know the back end of that and what else they were trying to hammer out at that time. So I'm not going to sit here and, and you know say they, sh- they should have got this guy or they should have got that guy because I, I truly don't know what was going on behind the scenes. Um, but I I. I don't know if it's just because I'm traumatized from what happened last postseason, but every time I see Jari facing a shot, I'm expecting the puck to go in the back of the net. And that was even before last postseason. I remember when they first called him up when he was a little bit younger. um, And I'm not sure if this is something that he's improved on. I'd have to see it over a little bit uh, larger of a sample. But one of his biggest issues is that he stays far too deep in his crease, kind of like Henrik Lundqvist did for all those years. And, and oftentimes when he should be going out to the top of his crease or cutting down angles and challenging those shooters, he was almost on the goal line and these, these snipers are able to just pick him apart. So based off of what we've seen over the careers of Jari and DeSmith, I don't think either of them are great. Um, but I, I, I would assert that DeSmith is the better goalie now and, and I would, I would be starting him in net opening night. I know that's probably not going to be the case, but I, I don't see the point in trying to go back with Jari at this point after the postseason that we've had and even his track record. We He's had one season out of the, of the, what, four seasons that he's played where he's expected or where he saved what was expected of him. 
every other season except for, I believe it was the 2018-19 season. He had a negative goal saved above expected. And, you know, we talk about so much how the, if the Penguins would just get average goaltending, yeah. if the Penguins would just get average goaltending. And, and DeSmith is a guy that's provided that through his, his career at this point, and I don't know why you wouldn't roll with him. Yeah, I mean, you know, you just go to Money Puck, look at the goalies, and look where Tristan Jari ranks. That should really tell you all you need to know. I'm pretty sure in the playoffs, his goal save above expected was around minus 13. So um, if anyone is still wondering why the Penguins lost that series, you know, just go to moneypuck.com and type in Tristan Jari there, and you can just see how bad he was. And, you know, you bring up with how deep in his net, that was, you know, when he gave away the game in Game 5, Go watch that replay. Look how far back he is um, when, I think, what was it, um, Josh Bailey comes and shoots the puck on him. He just he just he, he passes the puck and then just runs right back, basically. And it was just like, dude, challenge the skater. He's not going to have much room to shoot at there. And, you know, Josh Bailey was able to pick him apart and then, you know, send the Islanders to that a series win in the next game at least. My, but. my favorite part of that goal was the fact that Jari tried to... So I've, had, I've had some people try to tell me that it wasn't a poke check attempt, but he had his blocker hand check. at the knob of his stick and it flailed out when Bailey shot the puck, yep. which was hilarious because even if he had another three feet on his stick, he's still not reaching that puck, which, which just made the whole play that much more egregious. I, I got to stop there or else I'm going to work myself up. <laughs> yeah. I just, that, that goal was brutal in every single way. I don't want to touch more on it just because it makes me mad every time um, it's been brought up or I, I see it somehow highlighted on Twitter by Islanders fans coming into my mentions or something. Um, but he does need to be better. Point blank. Case closed. Um, they are hoping that Andy Kyoto could, well, they're hoping that he can bring that good season back for him this year. Maybe it's wishful thinking, but that's what they're hoping for. If any if there's anything I can tell you, Danny, you know, I had Josh Getzoff on last week last week, excuse me. Um, it sounds like Kyoto is a whole different goalie coach than Mike Buckley, and he demands perfection from any goalie that he coached. So we'll see how far that takes us. Maybe he's a better goalie, maybe not, but um I do agree. I think Casey DeSmith does need to get more starts this season in. You're right, man. I've been preaching that on this podcast so much. If this team got average goaltending in so many runs where they were bounced, they could have been in five or six Stanley Cup finals by now or something like that. You know, you look at the Flyer series here. I mean, even, well, Boston, I really wouldn't say that just because they couldn't score. But, you know, just the, even the Islanders in 2019, um, just the Canadians that, that year prior and then this past year where they were the clear leader and expected goals for um, high danger chances for Corsi, every underlying metric that you could look at, the Penguins just steamrolled the Islanders. But um, I do have to say, Danny, I think if both of the goalies are struggling by around December, January, Hextall is going to make a deal. I don't think he's going to risk doing this for a full season um, yet again. So now that brings me to, I think, one of my last questions. Um, how high are you on the team going into this year? You know, obviously, I think the depth is a little bit worse just because McCann and Tanev are not here anymore. You know, the replacements, um, people are not as high on them as they were on Tanev and McCann. I think, honestly, it's more Tanev just because he was so beloved in the city. I think a lot of people just forgot about how good Jared McCann is. Um, all situations last year, his points per 60 was 3.16. I'm pretty sure that's second or third overall on the team. And I think his um, 
uh, 5v5 one was around 2.6, which was still top five on the team. So people just forgot about how good McCann was. But um, overall, just going back to my original question, um, where do you see the team finishing at? Do you see them as a bona fide playoff team or do you think they're going to have to fight like hell to get in? Well, that's a tough question because there's a lot of, of caveats to it. I mean, first of all, you have to ask what kind of goaltending are they going to get? Yeah. You know, we, we just had that conversation. Are they going to be getting average goaltending or are they going to be getting the Jari that we saw in the playoffs? So that goaltending alone, as we've seen, is enough to sink a team. But assuming they do get league average goaltending, I'm, I'm still not exactly sure. It wouldn't surprise me for them to, you know, finish first or second in the division again. And it wouldn't surprise me to see them fighting for a playoff spot down to the wire. Um, and, and a lot of that hinders on when Evgeny Malkin's going to be back. And it also depends on what kind of player is Sidney Crosby going to be when he gets back. Obviously, he's still one of the game's elite players, but he's now in his mid-30s and he's coming off, a, it seems like, a pretty substantial wrist injury. Um, and, and obviously that seems to be fixed now, but how long is it going to take him to get back into the swing of things and get the feel for his hands? Obviously, we know that he's been skating and training very hard uh, on his own, but you know some of those things just take some time, especially not handling pucks at all. It, it's, it's a feel yeah. thing that you've just got to kind of acquire. Uh, I remember back when I was playing hockey in high school, like we were on the ice six or seven days a week and if we had three days off you'd go back to practice next week and you get on the ice and you're like holy crap like i don't remember how to play hockey <laughs> it's that jarring and I, I think a lot of people that not to hate on people that have never played hockey or anything like that but i think that's something that's kind of lost in in recoveries from injuries and, and things like that so i like I said, it wouldn't surprise me to, to see them easily get in the playoffs, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if they're battling tooth and nail down to the last game of the season because we don't know when Evgeny Malkin is going to be back. And I'm also interested to see how a full 82-game season is going to affect Jeff Carter because he's in his late 30s now, and they're going to be asking an awful lot of him at the beginning of the season. And if they continue to have injuries between Malkin and Crosby, they're going to be asking even more of them down the stretch. And I'll be very interested to see if that doesn't catch up with him by the time the postseason rolls around. Well, are you going to go back to bed if Jeff Carter scores 16 points in his first 20 games this season? I won't be able to because all you guys will be blowing up my Twitter mentions. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you have it, guys. So... Um, Danny, I want to thank you so much for coming on, especially on, you know, the first day of that mega deal with DK Pittsburgh sports, as I teased in the opening segment, me personally, man, I have them at second or third in the division for, um, this season. I think the Islanders and the Hurricanes are probably a step above them, but I still have the Penguins finishing top three, at least in my opinion. I don't really like what the Flyers did this off season. They kind of just made moves for the sake of doing it. I think Washington is good. They'll be battling with them, but they're kind of getting older. And then New Jersey got better, but I don't think they're there yet. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting. Oh, Columbus is not going to be that good. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting. Columbus Columbus Uh, is going to be terrible this year. The Rangers, yeah, we're almost forgetting the Rangers. They're going to be good, but how is their bottom six going to hold up? Because they threw a lot of money out to a lot of sandpaper and grit because Tom Wilson just – ragdolled Artemi Panarin in that one game. So 
it, that that is so funny to me because they're finally starting to hit that sweet yeah. spot where they've got their young guys on their entry level contracts and they've got Panarin still on the tail end of his prime right here. And then they their big splash of the offseason is going out and throwing a bunch of money at Barkley Goudreau and trading for Ryan Reeves or, or signing Ryan Reeves. I wasn't sure if he's a free agent or a free agent. Sandy for, for uh, Pavel Buchnevich, too, by the way. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. They, they've obviously got some of the talent there and some of the pieces, but how much of their identity is going to be, uh, you know, living and dying by that grit and sandpaper, like you said. And I, I, I'm not sure that they've got the depth right now, especially on the blue line to, to they, they could easily squeak into the postseason, but I'm not so sure that I see them as a team that could reach a conference final right now. I don't either. I mean, I think their top six is pretty good. I mean, Adam Fox is arguably the best defenseman in hockey right now. Uh, Lindgren is not bad. Jacob Truba had a better season last year, but the rest of that D-Corps is... Well, Keandre Miller, I think, will not be bad at some point, um, but the rest of their D-Corps are not that good, though. Their goaltending, I will say, Shostorkin is not a bad starter, so we'll have to see what happens with that. Again, though, Danny, thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it, and um, I'm definitely going to have you on uh, more than once in the next year's time, uh, that's for sure. Um, I do know you changed your Twitter account, so where can everyone find you on Twitter? Yes, the uh, the Shirey Irving handle is is no more, so you can follow me at Danny Shirey PGH. Perfect. Yep, and his first article will be live on the site on Thursday, so you can you all should just go subscribe just for that content, um, just so I can put that out there, everyone. But again, thank you all so much for listening to this one. Thank you to Danny for coming on, and we'll have another episode tomorrow recapping the Penguins preseason game uh, on Tuesday night.